الأولى العلم The first is knowledge العلم The first is knowledge العلم Shaykh Al-Fawzan said Hafizahullah He's saying العلم knowledge What is meant by العلم knowledge here is العلم الشرعي the legislative knowledge, Islamic knowledge. So when we find in the text here, let's be referred, these four matters are obligatory upon us to learn. First of them being al-ilm, knowledge, which, which knowledge? So what is meant here is al-ilm al-shara'i, legislative knowledge, meaning knowledge, Islamic knowledge, knowledge of, contained in the text, knowledge of the book and the sunnah. He said, Because that is what it is obligatory to learn. And these, these matters are obligatory to learn upon every Muslim, in what he's about to mention. They are obligatory to learn upon every Muslim, male and female, free or slave. Rich or poor? A king or a pauper? Every Muslim, it is obligatory upon him that he should learn these four matters. And so someone can't come along and say, Look, I've got an excuse, I'm, 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 I'm poor, or I'm a slave, or I'm this. There's no excuse. You've got to learn these four matters. The Sheikh said, And this is what the ulama, what the scholars call al-wajibul aini an obligation upon every individual and it is what is obligatory upon every individual from the Muslims and he gives some examples of this someone says what's an example of a wajibul aini a duty, an obligation that's obligatory upon every individual so he gives some examples, he says so the five obligatory prayers which are upon the men and the women and the congregational prayer in the mosques which is upon the men this is obligatory upon, upon every individual from the Muslims that he learns about them Therefore he said, Yajibu alayna. I mean, that's why the author said, Yajibu alayna. It is wajib, it is obligatory upon us. And he did not say, Yajibu ala ba'adina. It is obligatory upon some of us. Rather he said, Yajibu alayna. Rather he said, it is obligatory upon us, meaning all of us. Meaning, upon us the Muslims. Upon us the Muslims. So it is from the knowledge which it is obligatory to, to learn upon all individuals. Because knowledge is of two categories. Let me break down the two categories as we already indicated before. The first of them he mentions, said, because knowledge is of two categories. The first of them, Al-Awwal, that which it is obligatory upon all individuals to learn 
such that there is no excuse for anyone to be ignorant of it. I mean, that branch of knowledge, anything, any part of knowledge that falls into this first category, that which is obligatory by all individuals, then there's no excuse for you to be ignorant of it, no matter who you are. So he said, there is no excuse for anyone to be ignorant of it. And it is, مَا لَا يَسْتَقِيمُ الدِّينُ إِلَّا بِهِ He defines what? What is the definition for this branch of knowledge? That which is such that the religion cannot be correctly established with it. In those matters that a person, if he's ignorant of them, his religion, his practice of the religion will not be correct. Those matters, it's obligatory for him to learn. So he said, it is that which is such that the religion cannot be correctly established except with it. And he gives some examples of that. He said, such as the pillars, the five pillars of Islam, which are ash-shahadatan, the two testifications, and the establishment of the prayer, and the giving of the zakat, and the fast of Ramadan, and hajj to the sacred house of Allah. It is not permissible for the Muslim to be ignorant of that. Rather, he must learn it. And all of those five pillars fall under those things which are obligatory upon all individuals. If someone can't say, look, there's plenty of people praying, I don't have to pray, there's enough people in this month, there's enough people praying in this community, I don't need to pray. Or there's enough people in the world making hajj, I don't need to make hajj, I've got the ability, I've got the wealth, but there's enough people making hajj these days, you know, I don't need to do it. No. These matters, these five pillars, are obligatory upon every individual. Then the Shaykh said, since learning the meaning of the two shahadas, learning the meaning of the two testifications, is to learn the aqidah, is to learn the creed and belief. If we go into the two shahada, the shahadatayn, and what they mean, then what we are studying is creed and belief, the branches of the creed and belief. So the Muslim learns al-aqidah, he learns the creed and belief, in order to act upon it. And he learns whatever opposes it, in order to keep away from it. This is what is contained in the two testifications. In the Islamic aqidah, correct aqidah, and whatever is opposite to it. Likewise, he learns the pillars of the prayer, the arkan al-salat, the pillars of the prayer, of the prayer, and the shurut al-salat, and the conditions of the prayer, and the wajibat al-salat, and he learns the obligations of the prayer, wasunan al-salat, and he learns the sunnahs of the prayer. He must learn these matters in detail. It is not just the case that he can pray when he does not know the rulings of the prayer. How can a person, how can a person do an action when he does not have knowledge of the action which he is performing? How can he do it? How can he perform the salah? How can he perform the prayer when he is ignorant of its rulings? 
So it is essential that he learns the rulings of the prayer. And the mubtila, the mubtila of salah, and he learns those things which nullify the prayer. He must learn this. And likewise, the Shaykh said, likewise, he should learn the rulings of the zakat. And he should learn the rulings of the fasting. And he should learn the rulings of the hajj. So when he wants to perform hajj, it becomes, it becomes obligatory upon him to learn the rulings of the hajj and the rulings of the umrah in order to perform these acts of worship in the prescribed and legislated manner. Obviously the point is that if you don't learn how it is to be performed, how can, how can you perform it correctly? If you don't learn the way in which each of these acts of worship is, is to be correctly performed in accordance with the sunnah, if you don't learn that, then how can you expect to be performing correctly if you don't learn it? And the Sheikh said, this category and this category no one is excused for being ignorant of it. And it is what is called al-wajib al-ayni that which is obligatory upon every individual upon every Muslim. So that's the first category of knowledge al-wajib al-ayni that ilm knowledge which is wajib al-ayni obligatory upon every individual. And he mentions the second category the second category from the categories of knowledge is that which is additional to that. <coughs> knowledge which follows on and is additional to this branch we just mentioned. From the legislated rulings which the Ummah, which the nation together has need of. And it may be the case that not every individual has a need of it. In matters which the, the nation, the Islamic nation as a whole, have a need of this, this knowledge here. But maybe not every individual will have a need of this every part of this knowledge. The second category of knowledge. Then in the Sheikh gives some examples, he said such as, the rulings of of trading, and the rulings of dealings and transactions and the rulings of al-awqaf the rulings of endowments, religious endowments and mawarith and laws of inheritance and al-wasaya, bequests and the rulings of marriages and the rulings relating to crimes these are essential for the nation all of these matters are essential that the Muslims have this knowledge they don't lose this knowledge Sheikh said however it is not obligatory upon every individual from the nation that he has to learn it rather if these things are learned by sufficient scholars by sufficient number of scholars such that what is required is attained then that will suffice. In all these matters that he mentioned here as examples, matters of inheritance, bequests, endowments, dealings and transactions, as long as a sufficient number of people of knowledge have learned this, so 
Sunni Muslims can refer back to them, then that suffices. It doesn't mean every everybody, every single Muslim upon the face of the earth has to learn these things. No. Not like the first category. Sheikh said, then that will suffice. So that they can fulfill the need of the Muslims for legal judgments and for religious verdicts and for teaching and other than this. This is called wajibul kifaya. This is called the communal obligation. In that which is so, so long as some of the community, a sufficient number of the community learn this matter, then the obligation falls away from the rest. And the Shaykh actually says that. He says, such that if a sufficient number of people carry it out, then sin falls away from the rest. And if all of them leave it, then they will all be sinful. Meaning that this is still an obligation, it's still a wajib, it's still an obligation, it still has to be carried out, but it's not an obligation that every single person has to do it, like the first one. As long as a sufficient number of the ummah carry it out to suffice, then the obligation will have been carried out, and the sin, which would be there, if nobody carried it out, we'd all be sinful, if these matters were not learned. But if sufficient number of people learn them, then the sin falls away from, from the rest for not learning them. They're not sinful or not. And he said, So the Ummah, the nation, must have people who learn this category since they are in need of it. However, it is not said to every individual it is obligatory upon you to acquire knowledge of these matters. Because this, because this may not be possible for every individual to learn all these detailed matters of inheritance or the detailed matters of trading it's not going to be possible for every every single Muslim to learn all of these matters in detail the Sheikh said rather this is specific to the people of ability and the people of capability from the nation and because if this is learnt by some of the nation then the obligation has been established. Contrary to the first category, for there, every individual is accountable for it himself. In the first branch of knowledge, there, that preceded the first category of knowledge, every individual is himself accountable for it. Because it is not possible for him to perform these actions except with knowledge. And therefore, the Shaykh, the author, Shaykh Islam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, he said, Yajibu alayna, when he's introducing these matters, he said, it is obligatory upon us. And he did not say it is obligatory, Yajibu al Muslimin. How Yajibu ala ba'dihim. He did not say it is obligatory upon the Muslims or it is obligatory upon some of the Muslims. Rather, he said it is obligatory upon us, meaning upon everyone from us as an individual obligation. 
in your matters, stressing the point, that the matters he's dealing with here are not from the second category that's just been mentioned here. They are from the first category that every one of us has to learn. The Sheikh said, Sheikh Rosan said, and we should know before entering into the matters that what is meant by our own, what is meant by knowledge, which it is obligatory upon the nation, either wujuban almiyan or kifariyan, in that knowledge which is obligatory upon the nation, whether it be the first or the second category, whether it be that which is obligatory upon every individual, or whether it be that which is obligatory upon some, then it is al-ilm al-shara'i. What is this obligatory knowledge? It is the legislative knowledge. That which the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam came with. So as for obligatory knowledge, which is obligatory upon the nation, with the two categories there, that which is obligatory upon every individual, or that which is obligatory upon some, what is that knowledge? It is the legislative knowledge, the knowledge, the Islamic knowledge. That which the Messenger وسلم, came with. That's the knowledge being referred to. Then the Shaykh said, as for al-ilm al-dunyawi, as for worldly knowledge, and he gives examples of this, such as the knowledge of industries and professions and arithmetic and mathematics and engineering. Then this knowledge is permissible. This is not the obligatory knowledge that's being referred to. This is permissible knowledge. It is permissible to learn it. And it can be obligatory. In some cases, in some cases it can be obligatory. If the Ummah, if the nation has need of it, then it will be obligatory upon those who are capable. However, it is not the knowledge which is intended in the Qur'an and the Sunnah. In the text of the Qur'an and the Sunnah that encourage knowledge, we don't say that refers to engineering and mathematics and so on and so forth. We don't say that. So these, these branches of knowledge are permissible knowledge only. And there may be some cases when the nation, when the Ummah needs it, that it becomes obligatory upon those who are capable of it. So he said, that this is not the knowledge intended in the Qur'an and the Sunnah. That which Allah the Most High has praised and commended its people. And that which the Prophet wasallam said about it, Al-Ulama Warathatul Anbiya That the ulama, the scholars, the people of knowledge, are the inheritors of the Prophets. What is meant is al-ilm al-shara'i, is the legislative knowledge, the Islamic knowledge. Does it mean those are scholars of science or scholars of mathematics and so on? No. The scholars are the inheritors of the prophets, I mean the scholars of, as the Shaykh said, al-ilm al-shara'i, legislative knowledge, Islamic knowledge. As for the hadith, they mentioned in the footnote, this hadith is part of the hadith, al-ulama'u warafatul anbiya 
the scholars, the people of knowledge, are the inheritors of the prophets. They mention in the footnote, this is reported by Al-Bukhari Ta'liqan. Supported by Al-Bukhari in disconnected form, without a fully connected chain. In the book of knowledge, chapter, knowledge comes before speech and action. It follows on from hadith number 67. It's not part of the book. It's included by Al-Bukhari in his book, but it's not part of the book. It's just mentioned as a note along with the book. And reported by Abu Dawood and Ibn Majah and at Tirmidhi from a hadith of Abu Darda radiallahu anhu. And the narration of Abu Dawood, Shaykh al-Bani, rahimahullah, he declared it sahih authentic. And it's part of a longer hadith that begins, Man salaka tariqan yatlubu fihi ilman salaka allahu azza wa jal bihi tariqan min tariqil jannah. It's part of a longer hadith, this hadith that the scholars are the inheritors of the prophets. The start of the hadith with Abu Dawood begins, Whoever follows a path through which he seeks knowledge, then Allah the Mighty and Majestic will cause him through it to be upon a path from the paths leading to paradise. To the end of the hadith. And part of the hadith being this wording, Al-Ulama Warakatul Anbiya, the ulama, the scholars are the inheritors of the prophets. So as the Shaykh said, what's meant here is Al-Ilm al-Sharqi, Islamic knowledge. As for worldly knowledge, then whoever is ignorant of it, then there is no sin upon him. And whoever learns it, then it is mubah, it is permissible for him. And if he uses it, or if he utilizes it to benefit the nation, the ummah, then he is rewarded for it. And if a person died, and he was ignorant of this knowledge, I mean knowledge of al-ilm al-dunyawi, knowledge of the matters of the dunya of this world, engineering, mathematics, arithmetic, and so on, as the Sheikh said. He said, if a person died and he was ignorant of this knowledge, then he would not be taken to account for it on the day of resurrection. <laughs> However, whoever died and he was ignorant of al-ilm al-shari, of the legislative knowledge, Islamic knowledge, particularly essential knowledge, then he will be asked about it on the day of resurrection. Why didn't you learn? Why didn't you ask? Sheikh said, the one who says when he is placed in his grave, Rabbi Allah, wal Islamu Dini, wa Nabihi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ada Yanju. The person who says when he is placed in his grave, My Lord is Allah, and Islam is my religion, and my Prophet is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this person will be saved. It will be said to him, Where did you acquire this from? So he will say, Qaraqtu kitab Allah wa ta'allamtu. I read the book of Allah and I learnt it. That's what it will be said as a cousin narration. It will be said to him, where did you acquire this knowledge from? When the person replied, replies to the angels, my Lord is Allah and Islam is my religion and my Prophet is Muhammad. It will be said to him, where did you acquire this from? So he will say, I read the book of Allah. 
and I learnt it. Then the Sheikh said the opposite case. As for the person who turns away from that, then when he is questioned in his grave, then he will say, Ah, ah, I don't know. I heard the people saying something, so I said it. Then this person, his grave will be made to blaze with fire upon him, or as refugees saw, um, and it will be crushed upon him to such an extent that his ribs will cross over and he will come to be in a pit from the pits of the hellfire because he did not have knowledge and he did not read <coughs> so it will be said to him that it will be said to him the second category of person you did not know and you did not read or you did not follow in a footnote they mention where is this hadith taken from what is said to the person each of these two people and the hadith in that regard they say it's reported by al-Bukhari in abridged form as a hadith of Anas as hadith 1338 and also reported by Muslim in abridged form in short form also as a hadith of Anas radiallahu anhum as hadith number 2870 and reported by Abu Dawood as a hadith of Al-Bara ibn Azib radiallahu anhu in a long hadith as hadith 4753 and the narration of Abu Dawood which Shaykh al-Bani rahimahullah declared sahih authentic it's the long hadith about what happens to a person when he's placed in his grave to the believer and what happens to the hypocrite long narration Part of it being this, that what it said to each of them. Then Shaykh Al-Fazan said about the second person here, the one who says, Ha, ha, I just, the people said something, so I said it. It will be said to him, La darayta wa la talayt. We said to him, You didn't know and you didn't read. Or it will be said, La talaut, you didn't follow. So Shaykh Al-Fazan said, So he did not learn and he did not follow the example of the people of knowledge. Rather, he was wasted and lost in his life. So this is the person who ends up in shiqa, in shaqa, in wretchedness. And Allah's refuge is sought. So then Shaykh al-Fawzan said, so he's saying al-ilm, knowledge. <coughs> this is the legislative knowledge that is required from us as a body and as individuals and it is knowledge and awareness of Allah through his names and his attributes and knowledge of his right upon us which is to worship him alone ascribing no partner to him so the first thing that is obligatory upon the person from the servant is knowledge and awareness of his Lord the mighty and majestic and how to worship him 